Welcome to episode 14 of Morning Brew. I am Adam Sharon. I'm Stephen Burke. I'm Daniel Person. Uh, waiting it out really does work for you, doesn't it? Flawless. I, I don't know why I didn't try this earlier. <laughs> you can never be... the schoolboy. Yeah, you can never be cool. off course because you always go last. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why I was like keen jumping in second, you know. I'm just hanging back, go to the back of the bus like a cool person. <laughs> oh, we definitely don't do it in alphabetical order. Yeah. Okay. No, that's true. It's wrong. It's wrong in alphabetical order for first and last names. Oh, it is correct according to our Twitter handles, actually. No, no, it's not. No, it's not that either. It is no, correct in it... correct alphabetical order according to our display names on Discord. It's correct yeah. according to our dates of birth, I believe. Is that is no? Nope. Uh, nope. Would you comment on that, Adam? No, because Stephen's older than me, so he'd have to go first. Only slightly, of course, but still. I'm the young one here, viewers, in case anyone wants to know. I'm the baby of the podcast. I should be protected sure. and treated like a precious little treasure. That Actually, is true. Craig For is some reason, I... that is true. Craig, Craig, is, uh... Craig is the youngest person on the channel. He's an AI. Only around Craig... a couple of years. And Craig has done nothing wrong. That's all. That's mm-hmm. all. He has never that is true. He's definitely sin. the least offensive of everyone here. I, I don't think he's ever caused any offense in his entire life to anybody. I mean, he doesn't even have an, anything, any sort of corporeal form below his neck. So there's that. He's going to be offensive. At one point, at some point, Elon Musk is going to be a floating head and he'll still be offensive. I think you just mean that at one point, Elon Musk is going to lose his head when the revolution comes. Oh, That's only. true. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Okay, well, we just got to make sure to destroy the brain stem. Yeah, because otherwise he'll be like, he'll he'll upload himself to a Tesla or something and he'll just drive around in circles all day. Well, I say all day. He'll drive around in circles for an hour and a half until he runs out of juice. I like think a really what... shit form of kit. If Elon Musk uploaded is that is that the right one or is that Airwolf? I have no idea what you're... No, I think you got it. I think you got it. I could be 100% wrong. Is that Knight Rider? Yeah. Knight Rider. If Knight Rider, sure. if Knight Rider was was a modern day show, he'd definitely fall in love with the car, right? That would be the implication. I'd I be like all in, fell on in love a... with the car in the original. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think they were ballsy enough to do it. I'd fucking love a twenty twenty one version of of Knight Rider, where like you know he he has inevitably during the show he has uh, he has gay love interest feelings for his car, and they like they're a power <laughs> couple. That'd be fucking rad. That'd be awesome. Obviously, who who would play Michael Knight? Um, oh, that's that's Bruno Mars. That's who I want to play the new Michael Knight. Yeah, Bruno Mars as Michael Knight. I'm I'm all for that. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. Who voices the show? I can do Um, it. Hasselhoff. Yeah. No, no, Elon Musk. Elon Musk, obviously. No, no, we we put Elon Musk in something already. He had his chance to be a, to be an actor, and boy, was that great! Uh, Elon, if you, I love the Wario skit, if you want to send a Tesla my way, I was that was actually my favorite SNL skit. I don't think they've done a finer SNL skit. Yeah. I is uh... it bad that my main my main reaction to that Wario skit was just being annoyed that Waluigi didn't show up. I was like, finally, it's Waluigi's time in the in the spotlight, and then just. It was going to play Waluigi. The wildest thing about the... Uh... Grimes. Yeah, there you go. The wildest thing about the... Uh, the Elon Musk's five thing. No. Ew. <laughs> Jesus, the only man on the planet with less charisma than fucking Elon Musk. <laughs> well, look. Oh. I mean, obviously, once you're, once you're committed to the bit, you've got to go with the bit. Mario is one thing. Waluigi is, is entirely another. Even I, less charisma. I just think that, like... Whatever about having, you know, celebrities on your show that, that don't do any form of entertainment. That's fine. You know, it's your show. I don't care about that. I'm not going to watch anyway. I'm not 40. Uh, uh, but it is kind of crazy. Like, the more I think about it, the more I just think, like, you let him pitch his own ideas? <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> he owns a He's car had 60 publicists. He's had 60 publicists working on this for months. Somebody's got a big sponsorship kickback somewhere down the line. Like, I don't know. 30 Rock 2 is coming out or something and, and Mr. Tesla is going to fucking sponsor the whole thing or 
there's ten percent on the bottom line of an ad campaign that's going to run all year or some shit, and the deal is that Mr. Ego wants to do SNL. Yeah, sure, whatever, no problem. Cross my I hands think, with silver. I think I don't like that on my audience. I don't give a fuck. I think they would have been. He probably would have been fine if they had said, "Hey, this idea is not very good. Let's work on it together." And they probably could have come up with something a lot better than what they came up with, <laughs> because that, like, I I understand. It's like you know, it's the guest on the show. This is what guests typically do, and it's like, right? But your guests are usually like actors and stuff. You know, people that perform. <laughs> and he's a car salesman. Like, maybe you don't trust his writing ability. You know, that's okay. Anyway, let's go off the subject. This was a while back. Um, you know, it 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 wasn't very funny. But what are you gonna do? You know, there's worse things in the world than not being very funny. Um, yeah. So, how's everyone today? How are we all doing? Are we all melting? Everyone melting? I'm tired. It's very wet. Wet? No, hot. That's the word. <laughs> That's the word. That's what the Radker predicted it would be. It's very hot. I'm very wet. It's usually the other way around. <laughs> Is it hot? I haven't had any heat all day. I haven't left the house, to be fair. So Oh, it's gorgeous. Just... I went out for a run this morning at 8 a.m. this morning. It was 15 degrees. Fucking incredible. Big, the big 1-5. 15 degrees at 8 a.m. Where am I? Fucking Nurha? Don't think no. so. I'm in Ranala, baby. It was gorgeous. I you think there's feel... an urban heat island effect affecting Ranala? Or is Maybe. it just the heat in the Dublin Bay South by election? Yeah. It's the heat from all the controversy around this fucking area, dude. There's no controversy. They're just all morons. Have you registered to vote yet? I'm not registered in this area. Why? I really... Because I'm very still lazy. still time. I don't think I they've know... even set the date yet, have they? Uh, no. no. No, it just has to take place by October. Yeah. That means you can still have time. That means you still have time to register to vote. Yeah. I should. I know. I should. I. I. I just. I need to switch my constituency in general. I'm still fucking. I still go up to Blanche to vote <laughs> for like general elections. I need to switch that. Although I don't Are really you... want to switch that because like, I don't. I'm in Finnegale country here. I don't like any of the 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 people that are in the area. I don't. Want, I don't want to cast a vote for anyone up here. I'd rather vote for Roddy. I mean, you're in Finnegale country up here as well, and also Jack Chambers country. Right, but I can also vote for Roger O'Gorman. Roddy, Roddy O'Gorman. Yeah, he's not, a, he's not doing himself a, well, he's, he's picked an absolute minefield of a brief as yeah, children we, uh, or whatever's minister. You've already discussed this, have you? Yeah. Oh. Well, we were talking before you joined about how uh, I, I'm going to very quickly run out of parties to vote for because historically I was always a green voter and I mean, I guess they're gone for me now. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I, uh, I'm very quickly running out of people to vote for. I might have to go Shinner. I might just have to bite the bullet and go Shinner. Or, you know, ease bound down. If I if I show up with a fucking raw tattoo, you know I voted for Sinn Fein. You know I've done it. I've got, I've crossed the gap. There's a dodgy tattoo parlor outside for every polling place beside all the sticker joints for all the other parties. And people are saying, I voted. You can get a nice colorful sticker or you can get a hardcore raw tattoo with AK forty sevens pointing out in all directions. Nothing cooler than someone having an IRA tattoo on their arm with the Irish flag behind it. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Coolest tattoo in the world. Except, right, you know those t-shirts of Tweety Bird and she has the leather jacket on and the cigarette in her mouth? You get that, but she's holding the Irish flag and it says IRA? Ho oh, ho! That's a winner. That's number That's number one, baby. Well, you're looking for some, some synergy here between the Looney Tunes and Irish Republicanism. So there's, there's an untapped cartoon slash political activism market there. Yeah. And Tweety Bird is definitely a fucking shinner. You can just tell from the look on her head. Big round fucking dome on her. Absolutely a shinner. I thought I thought United Ireland. Oh, wait, no, that's, that's, <laughs> is, is that Tweety Bird? I can't fucking remember any of the Looney Yeah, Tunes that's Tweety Bird. Because like that's, that's her response to Sylvester. Not Stallone the cat. Is he the one then? What is he? He says Thuffer and Succotash. Is that him? I think yeah. I like I put in a list. That's the rooster. No. No, no Suffer and Succotash is. Like... Uh... Suffer and Succotash. So, I say, sir, I will have a United Ireland. Yeah, but that's not Suffer and Succotash. <laughs> that's a whole different phrase. Suffer and Succotash. Oh, yeah, that's Sylvester the Cat. Yeah. I'm not Stallone for, for anyone listening. It's a cat. It's a different Sylvester. I would much it's prefer a, a main E, Rocky. totally insane E, United Ireland lady, 
<laughs> no, I'm not aware I'm going with that. <laughs> 32 County Socialist Republic. <laughs> no, that's not it either. <laughs> We're going to have to workshop that some more. Okay, we'll come back to you guys. We'll come back to you. There's, a, there's definitely a wacko's world in that, though. So, <laughs> All right, come on. Someone hit us with a topic. I have a topic ready to go if people... Excellent. Yeah, love it. All right, so this this started when I was recommended to watch a movie. Um, a star, I can't remember what it was called. I think Emperor of the North. And apparently it's from like the 60s or the 50s. You've all stars. frozen. Aaron, have I frozen? No. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, from the 50s or the 60s. And it's about hobos traveling in the U.S., on trains on you know like in the in the back that kind of trope of them staying in the back of the train and the yeah in the cargo hold. yeah in the cargo hold exactly and i remember thinking that's the first piece of media i've seen actually containing that that isn't like just a joke a cartoon or yeah. a reference or a parody of it and i was thinking are there any of those other kind of like tropes that like you know you know from the simpsons or you know from Family Guy or something as like just a setup, like a classic kind of pop, like it's only has a classic place in pop culture, but actually, either a movie hasn't fucking come out with that thing in it in like fifty years or sixty years, or you can't think of anything that's ever come out with that in it. So I was I was thinking about this right, and I have a few. Um, okay. So so one of them, I have never seen a movie where like normally set you know like nineteen hundreds like turn of the century, where. There's like a young lo- a, a young couple, like they're lovers, you know, and one of them coughs into a handkerchief and there's blood in the handkerchief or something like that. And they like, no, <laughs> don't worry, I'm it's it's nothing. And then like they they have like tuberculosis or something, and they I've never actually seen a movie where that happens yet. I'm fully aware of it as like a pop culture thing, or as like something that t- to be spoofed or parodied. Yeah. Or, I've okay. never seen a I've never seen a proper movie where teens who are going to make out point have been killed by a fucking monster or like a Frankenstein or something at make out point. And I feel like yeah, that's such a big one. That must have come up somewhere. Like the name specifically make out it's not even like the general idea of it, but the full on, you know, you can see you can almost see the convertible. You can yeah. see the guy in his Letterman jacket being like, come on, babe, we're just at make-out point. You can almost see the alien or the monster sneaking up behind them, and yet I can't yeah. think of a single movie where that actually happened. I guess the closest to that would be like any Friday the 13th, where like inevitably like the 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 17-year-olds who are like all like fucking 38 yeah. um, are having sex, and then like Jason like rips their head off or whatever. Oh, no, I guess I, that's the closest I, thing. A hundred percent, teens get punished for having sex in horror movies. I see that loads. I just yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Punished specifically at make out point, and like I think it happens in Zodiac, but it's not really a monster attacks them. It's just the Zodiac killer, and they do it because that's literally what happens. Yeah, um, or a similar like here. Here's a bunch that I have never ever seen in movies. Apparently, some of these like they must exist in B movies or in the early examples. But like mm. a mad scientist having a having an assistant called Igor, or a mad scientist having a death ray or a mad scientist having like <laughs> just fucking test tubes full of shit. And like, or actually not just a mad, any science in general involving test tubes and looking in test tubes and going like, Hmm, yes, of course. Or putting them in like the centrifuge or anything like that. I've never seen a movie that properly like that, or not to properly show science, but any movie that shows science done like that. And yet apparently if you were to do like an episode of the Simpsons or family guy, you would just spoof that. That's the first fucking thing you do. That's the, First shorthand you know for science, so I just I, I don't know yeah. I, just, I can't I'm trying I'm just trying to think, like what other ones are there? Are there other kind of fucking tropes that like occupy a really weird place in your? I guess in, I guess, I'm trying to think like I'm trying to come up with examples as we go, but I'm also trying to think of like are there anything I've ever seen that's related to to the ones you're saying and like outside of like parody type stuff I don't think so. Right? Like with yeah. the, like with the death ray thing, like there's a death laser in fucking Austin Powers, but you know what I mean? It's a that's a parody movie. It's a comedy. Well, that actually um, Austin Austin Powers has a, is is another one that gives me an idea. It's like the fucking spies, right? How many spy movies have you seen that have come out in the last thirty years, even where the spy has proper gadgets, like where the spy has like a laser rock watch or the pen that explodes or something that gives off knockout gas? I feel like you expect James Bond to have all these things. Yeah, but he actually just has like a submachine gun t- stuck to the side of his jet ski. <laughs> yeah, I have, yeah. To, I have to. I have to consider um, as a 
obviously like the first what what happens in the first James Bond movie in terms of gadgetry? Actually, very not. little. Yeah. In Doctor yeah. No, uh, he gets handed. He gets told he's still carrying that fucking Beretta. Are you Bond? And then he gets handed. Try this. It's the Walter PPK, and that's the that's the extent of it. Is just like check out this crack shot new gun that we've got for you. It's tremendous. I like the idea. Of and then it all just sort of it, James Bond. It, well, M is a total asshole to him in that scene. He, he's just like Bond. Leave the Beretta. All this all this shit. But it all like. It starts with like you're going to use the best compact pistol that we have. Uh, you're still using that fucking Beretta, that lady's gun. I like it. Works every time. Uh, it didn't work for you that time or whatever. And this is just this, this, just this highly technical special. repartee about like here's why this slightly better gun is better for you because it has you know more powerful bullets or whatever and just as compact and more reliable than whatever you're using yeah. that doesn't jam. And it all just sort of like expands to become more and more ridiculous movie by movie film by film uh, until it, like the whole concept that that's that one scene gets repeated in every bond movie but it gets more ridiculous every time peaking with i think the stop motion construction of meet little nelly in i think it's uh um he's in japan for it i think is that the um, racist japan one where he goes in like where they do the facial reconstruction and they uh, dyed his hair black and possibly. pulled his eyes across as a super yeah, red. Yeah, probably. Uh, meet little uh, Nelly, the gyrocopter, and, <laughs> and he's got this. <laughs> he's got this little gyrocopter thing that's riddled with machine guns, like shooting down a lot of helicopters. Meet little no. Nelly. No, no, the worst is <laughs> and then goes off to like take pictures of the volcano base. Is it in? Is it in? Die another dark tomorrow. Now, one of the Brosnan ones where his gadget is just a phone that he can drive his car with. And I don't think he actually uses it that much in the movie. They just show him. Oh, he just has the it day. The Tesla. No, no he uses it. he uses it to drive around. Um, he he uses picks. the remote control car to drive the car from the back seat of the car to get away from some assassins in one of them. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, um, I guess that that spy thing is like where they have like the tiny, teeny, tiny little itty bitty hidden camera inside like the watch, <laughs> and they push the side of the watch and like. Get a 4K fucking image that's crystal clear yeah, out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess parodies of James Bond are actually a lot more clever and and uh, a lot more creative than actual James Bond. They have a lot more fun <laughs> well, with it. Well, speaking of parodies of James Bond or like the misidea of James Bond, I was fucking convinced, having never seen Gold Go, Goldfinger, the one with the laser mm. trapped to the thing with the laser coming up. I was convinced he escaped, like he did something clever, like he was left alone in the room. And because because James Bond in The Simpsons escapes by like flicking the coin, <laughs> the coin? yeah and, yeah yeah, and, and Scratchy escapes by like sticking his tongue out and pulling the pulling the, yeah. the plug on it. I was convinced <laughs> that he did something clever to escape because every version I'd seen had James Bond doing that. He doesn't. He's just like, all right, I'll tell you what you want to know. Turn off the laser. It's getting really hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. I mean yeah, that's the... that's the thing though. Like the actual James Bond movies, certainly like they're they're a lot more. Grounded. You know the way that people say that, yeah, they are quite grounded, and yeah. certainly the early ones, like they're grounded in this mis absolutely misanthropic. Ian Fleming absolutely hates women, sort of, uh, <laughs> sort of. Dis he does. Oh, he hates them so much. Have you ever read uh, any of the short stories? They are no. Oh man, he hates women so much. Like there's, <laughs> I've forgotten which one it is. It's one of the. It's the one set in Jamaica. It's I think it's Doctor No. Actually, the, the short no story is set in Jamaica. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're all set in the Caribbean, really, all the early ones. But like, one of them is just like it. The, one of the short stories, just that one of the major films is is based on. I think Doctor No is just just opens with an extensive discourse on how much like some young diplomat's life has been completely and utterly ruined by his wife, and it's just like I much prefer the company of men, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you're like. What am I reading? What what is this? It just goes on for on for like twenty pages, how much how much his life has been ruined by this one woman, and you're like, right, okay, I guess Ian Fleming is taking the divorce well, but <laughs> it's all it's all completely like that. He has absolutely no respect, and there's no there is no feminist streak in the James Bond material that is based on. It's just there's no no redeeming features. It's all just women as objects, and if you you know if you want to accept that then you accept that and you enjoy the literature and its derivatives as much as you like with that proviso and 
uh, you know, there is an extent to which the, the many of the latter James Bond flicks have decided to take a more feminist bent on it. That can that is absolutely no harm whatsoever. Um, I... they've made a lot of the source material absolutely like some of some of the stuff is so campy that it really subverts the the macho stuff of the of the originals. Like it's just Ian Fleming so th- clearly intended for his character to be quite a gritty, rooted character who hates everyone around him and is stylish and masterful. That has been undermined to an extent in some of the newer films, or in much the same in much the same way that Starship Troopers undermines Paul, Paul Verhoeven or Paul Verhoeven Starship Troopers completely undermines Robert A. Heinlein's Starship that's, Troopers. That's actually sort of kind of interesting, is if you go back to the idea of of these these tropes or how they, the the space they occupy in the mm. public. How much like James Bond has almost troped itself out of out of out of what it was. Like it almost became a self parody after like once Austin Powers yeah. came back on. It's a parody could, anyway. Casino could, the, the first could, Casino Royale is a comedy. Sure. The first like, person to play James Bond on screen isn't 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 one of the classic Bond actors that we know. Yeah, yeah. But he, like I mean, you have like the idea of a Bond movie which is fairly serious, but after a certain point, it just it couldn't continue to do the old style Bond movie. And I think Yeah. You know, one of the reasons I was thinking of why do you have all these tropes that don't come up anymore? And half of the reason is they fuck essentially memed themselves to death. Yeah. Like, when that Annabelle movie came out, I was amazed that someone was doing an evil doll movie. Oh yeah. yeah. So I was like, how are they doing a movie about an evil doll? That movie is so fucking funny. I've only seen one of them and it was the prequel. And that it is about such... an evil doll. Yeah, well, so there's two things, right? So Aoife uh, loves horror movies. Um, and so uh, she wanted to go see the prequel when it came out. And I was like, I've never seen any of them. That's fine. It's a horror movie. It, it, what's the matter? <laughs> I, even if it's the eighth in the series, I'm sure the plot doesn't fucking matter. Let's go see it. So we went to see it. There's a jump scare in it where there was these two guys watching the movie that jumped so fucking hard they launched popcorn all over the front <laughs> of the cinema. And then like, like really awkwardly tried to scoop it back into the bag um, so that like it wouldn't be as big of a mess. That was incredibly funny. I could not stop laughing, um, <laughs> which kind of probably ruined the movie for everyone else, in fairness. But there's one, like, the demon in Annabelle, at least in the prequel, seems like such an absolute fucking bitch because all she <laughs> does the whole film is terrorize the crippled girl to the point where, like, she chases her at one point and, like, the crippled girl gets on, like, you know those, uh, the stair lifts to get, like, mm-hmm. elderly people or, like, disabled people up and down stairs? She, like, chases her, and then when she finally makes it to this thing, she turns the stair lift on to get downstairs. But, yeah. like, the demon stops her from working and then just fucks the little girl who can't walk down the stairs. And it's so <laughs> fucking fun. Like, it's supposed to be serious. It's not supposed to be a joke. But I was watching the movie, and this little girl just gets fucked down the stairs by a ghost, and I was It's stitches laughing. I couldn't stop myself. There's, how, there's is a scene... not a, how is that not a parody? I think there's a scene like that in The Omen where someone is, like, driven to suicide by, like, the devil... And then mm. they jump out the window, and the fucking body falling is so clearly like a dummy that yeah. like all tension from the scene is like completely gone. And I think it cuts just before it hits the ground because clearly it just like flops yeah. very slightly. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I love stuff like that. Um, I think another one, another good example for for your um topic, Dan, is uh is samurai films where like if you look at like parodies of like a samurai thing, like they'll draw their swords and it's like a silhouette. And you don't know which one got the other one first, and the other guy just fucking explodes, like into like yeah, yeah, yeah. just explodes into pieces, like there's there's no body left, like as if he got hit by a missile. But like if you watch an actual samurai film, when that scene happens and you're waiting for the tension to see if the good guy has won or if the bad guy has won, they just kind of fall over. You know what I mean? <laughs> which of course, because they've been hit by a sword and not a fucking like not an air, <laughs> not like an anti-air missile. But like all the parodies of it are like so much more dramatic. Than that, than the actual scenes where it's like, oh, I wonder which one, <laughs> and it's just like the shoes left. That's the only thing left of this guy is just his shoes, and it's like, sweetie, one. That is a hundred. Yeah, that's a hundred. Yeah, it's a bit. That, it's a bit like that in Sanjuro or Yojimbo. I can't remember which one I'm thinking of, but the ending of that is just like, yeah, it reaches, touches the hilt of his sword. The other guy is just like. Oh, I've been cut in half. Top half falls. Blood explodes everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. That that is that is a, a, a an exception to the rule, but it is one of those things where it's like, man, a lot of a lot of stuff really makes this a lot more dramatic than it really is. 
You mean Tarantino like, makes this a lot more dramatic than it really is. Yeah. Oh man, I should watch Kill Bill again. Yeah, Which one though? Kill... Oh, they're fucking class. I love them. Both. But maybe Kill Bill maybe Kill Bill Chichin is a lot more Zamude. Maybe Kill Bill's a lot more aggressively violent with the with the, the sword the ending segments that are fights than I remember. I don't you think, think the Tarantino is, film is a little bloodier than the average film on the subject. Well, I don't I don't think it's to the extent that I was saying already. You know what I mean? It's I don't think it's to the extent of like setting like coming out of your shed and setting somebody on fire. I think to it send is, the though, audience the... home happy. You know that thing where someone gets stabbed and then out. Which is the greatest ending in any film ever, by the way. (laughs) You know, like when someone gets stabbed and like you just have like the, like a a torrent of blood out from the wound. Doesn't matter where they get stabbed. Yeah. Like like they completely miss the artery, but like just the capillaries are like going, "Fuck it, it's my time to shine." It's like blast the. I think there's a bunch of scenes like that. Um, I think I think the one in reverse though is how. Someone will get stabbed or shot unaware, and then there's like a fucking eighteen minute gap between ah, them realizing yeah, they've yeah. been killed and dying. Where like mm. even the parody version of that is not quite as egregious as the actual like on screen depiction. Like is, is the, the version explosion... where they, like they touch their chest. They've always been shot in yeah. the chest and not realized. And like yeah, like the like uh, like Andy Samberg in that Saturday Night Live sketch. Yeah. Where they, everyone, <laughs> everyone keeps shooting each other to Imogen Imogen Heath playing in the band. Mm. Yeah, kind of. Like or like the explosion in uh Breaking Bad is actually terrible for it now that I think about it. But like the, oh, ex- the pipe bomb. Walking out. Yeah. yeah, the pipe bomb explosion and he walks out of the room and straightens his tie and then like three quarters of his fucking head is missing and he collapses to the ground. <laughs> and it's like this is a bit like it's a fu- it's it is a good scene. I like the show. St- yeah, it's a great it's stylish, but he ain't standing up after that. Yeah. But like are not you even saying, that, like, are you he, saying he, Breaking Bad isn't realistic enough for you? No. Also, uh, the the cancer patient um, getting hit by like a fucking like eight millimeter, you know, mounted <laughs> machine gun round and still walking around for a good five a minutes wound. before he collapses to die, uh, you know, it, and and then also people having the well, that's a different problem, I suppose. But like, yeah, that's that's another. Breaking Bad actually does a lot now that I think about it, where it's like, oh, I am dead ten minutes ago. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess with Breaking Bad, the problem is just it is very um, operatic, deliberately. Like that's the choice, but it's just yeah. it's weird when you pair that with the, like the gritty background. So you you assume it's yeah. gonna be. It doesn't say it's gonna be realistic. It's just the context makes you think it might be. So then it seems more egregious when it happens. Um, yeah, true. I I have I have one or two more which I think did exist and have sort of become to a point now where they can't unironically be used. Go okay. on. Women fainting in like a murder mystery or something when they hear who really killed ah! like which was Richard oh goodness great and then fainting <laughs> definitely something yeah. I've seen in some Agatha Christie's but you could not do it now if you were making an Agatha Christie now you couldn't put that scene in I think isn't there a scene uh-huh. Knives Out that does it now I know Knives Out is a comedy I'm, I'm well aware that this this counts as the parody of it but doesn't Knives Out do the whole collapsing scene does someone faint in Knives Out yeah, oh, they must doesn't, do. Doesn't um, uh, I can't remember now. I really, I'm, I'm trying yeah, to think the old the, the old boy faints for when he dies. Ah, but he's the dead person. You expect a victim to faint. See, that's the other thing. He's the, he's fucking he's dying the whole time, and then like dies fucking fifteen minutes later, even though he's a frail old man. Uh-huh. Again, though, I am aware this is a parody. It's a comedy film. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just also, saying. Spoiler alert, like skip to five seconds from now or ten seconds from now if you don't want the thing spoiled. But the whole point is he wasn't dying and he only thought he was. And that's why he was able to do that. And you're supposed to think, oh, that's a bit, that's a bit too long for him to be walking about. <laughs> that's why it's such a great movie. Okay, great so here, movie. to finish up, here's a few more, okay? Okay. The last movie about pirates where pirates spoke like pirates. With the yars and... The PB and all of that kind of stuff, or even yeah, I guess that's true because I'm thinking of Pirates of the Caribbean, and I think they just kind of put on an accent. I don't think they actually do any of the speech. They have Barbarossa doing it for a bit, but again, it's supposed to be sort of like as a joke or like kind of self-referentially. Like I think it's only been done unironically once or twice for Long John Silver, uh, and that's it. Um, two more are are kind of I think so commonly criticized that you could never do it now. The nerd, always a girl who takes off her glasses, lets her hair down, and is super beautiful. Which True. I think was, I think uh-huh. she's, that was in She's All That. And then Not Another Teen Movie took such the piss out of it that 
I don't think it can ever exist again. And finally, mm. a hacker just sort of tapping randomly on the keyboard with like the matrix happening in front of him until he's like, I'm in. Again, I don't think you'd be able to do that. <laughs> that, that that's anymore. true. I hope that's in the next Avengers. I hope someone's just tapping on a screen. They're like, I did it. I hacked Thanos or whatever. <laughs> like people I still do hack. I mean, you just like used his email hacking. password, but here we are. Yeah, I can't believe it's Thanos at gmail.com. I Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot clicks the link. The li- I sent him a phishing link that said, click here for the Infinity Gauntlet, and he clicked the fucking dumbass. <laughs> That'd be great. I hope that's the next Avengers. I hope they just... Tri- oh, he's dead, isn't he? Oh, never mind. I don't know. Oh. I hope I, the next I, I villain genuinely gets couldn't, to them. Genuinely couldn't tell you the plot of any Avengers film. Like, I... I'm aware of the characters are knocking around and posing a bit, but I couldn't tell you what the MacGuffin is. It's Batty Wants thing, but the Quip Man will stop him. Sometimes. Oh, good. It's Batty Wants thing. Batty Wants thing, but Batty doesn't make a move to collect thing until 18 movies deep. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the overarching theme of... Uh, like, they get 12 movies in, finally show off Thanos, and everyone goes, oh, this is crazy, and then six movies later, Thanos actually appears. Um, I thought- I saw it once. I think there's an over. Like it's like watching. It's like watching Wednesday night football, like for the Champions League. It's basically like, did they win? No, they won. Is there? Yes, that's actually a good way to look at. Yeah, I mean, I mean, down the line, yeah, like 16 films later, they're going to get the Champions League final and (laughs) knock out Thanos. The Avengers are Crystal Palace. It's a good, good. Obviously, obviously, Thanos is Chelsea. Yeah, you know, (laughs) the the manager will be pleased with that performance by the Avengers. I think. (laughs) And then even actually in Avengers Endgame, they're wearing their away outfits. That's true. They got they got Captain Marvel in as a transfer. She's been great for them, I think. <laughs> Incredible. Makes so much great sense. Great impact I, sub I, there I, for Spider-Man. I understand Marvel now. I, I finally get it. This was the missing piece for me. Sports for nerds. Yeah, sports for nerds. <laughs> oh, no, don't. Now it's ruined again. Why'd you oh, do that? Sorry, sorry. I shouldn't have, I should... <laughs> Why did you do that? I was so on board, and then you said that, and I was like, oh, uh, I guess I it is, be. isn't it? I'm out. I'm back out again. <laughs> I, once, I once had the Marvel movies wrecked for me where it pointed out that, like, in half of them, the villain just doesn't interact with the heroes until at the very end when the heroes have to stop them. Like, the villain is yeah. doing their own plot, and then at the end, the heroes are just nearby and have to stop them as a result. <laughs> that is I true. don't know who you are. Yeah, is that in Doctor Strange or something where he's just like, I'm going to stop you, Malachi, whatever his name is. Like, Who are you? What, what, what are <laughs> yeah, you doing? I mean, no, Scarlet, you Scarlet can... Witch pops up in front of Thanos and goes, you've taken everything from me. I don't know who you are. Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> on his own adventures. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> but like, you, you think back to Doctor Strange and actually he doesn't even seem to know who fucking Mad Mickelson even is when he shows up. He just he's just having his own little wizard time and he's like, Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> like, I don't want any of this. I just want to do my magic. Like I don't yeah. want to fuck well, who's this guy? I just want to throw my gang signs. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh yeah, fuck, that's a good one. I think another good one as well is how uh and it's it's this is faded now, which thank God is how uh every teen sex comedy is like right on the verge of like sexual assault and rape in most of their scenes. Like have not aged well at all. <laughs> I think that's a good one that's phased out. Like I know they're all parodies in themselves, but they're like they're parodies to make a specific character look like the hero, and it's usually the fucking dorky nerd is gonna is gonna have sex with the hottest girl in school and, and also be like a fucking like a super stud at the same time and all his wishes come true. But like yeah, every teen sex comedy is really just like one one like centimeter away from being a rape scene by accident because it's not aged well at all. I think I think I might do this as a topic some other time, but there was a fair period in my masters where I just didn't go into college for like two weeks and just watched a shit ton of eighties movies by theme. And when I got to the the nerd comedies, I was like, "Fucking hell!" These oh, like Revenge of the Nerd, Revenge of the Nerds, um, Animal House. Uh, what's, there was one. I'm with, I'm convinced. You know, Patrick Swayze. Uh, have you ever seen Revenge of the Nerd? Oh, that's fine. I'll cut that back in a second. I'll just give it a. Give it a little second there. I'm sure we can make it work. It's probably no big deal, really. Go again. There he is. Steven, have you ever seen Revenge of the Nerd? No, I don't think so. Okay. I'm convinced that anyone that thinks uh, of Revenge of the Nerd positively uh, has actually never seen the movie. Because (laughs) even for the time it was made in, like... That final scene is like straight up sexual assault. Like it's, it's like they all like high five and cheer over it, but it's it's like so blatantly bad. Even for the time they made it, it's really not good. I, mean, 
I'm looking at a, what appears to me to be a DVD or VHS type cover, which consists of a bespectacled dude with scrawny arms holding mm-hmm. up a pair of pink panties, which appears yeah. to be marked with uh, what I would appear is the logo of a, an American campus sorority because there's three deltas on it. Um, oh, yeah. The, it... And the panty raid isn't even like the most sexist or awful bit. No. The awful bit is when he's looking. So he's wearing, he, does he have like a, a costume party? And the nerd dresses up in the same costume as the head cheerleader or the, the popular girl's boyfriend. Uh-huh. So she thinks that the nerd is her boyfriend. And so they go and have sex somewhere. The nerd oh. obviously doesn't say anything. And at the end, he's been so good at sex. She decides that when she realizes it was yeah. a nerd, that she hasn't been raped. And instead, she wants to have her new boyfriend be the nerd and not her, her, her boyfriend. Yeah. Didn't like, they rip yeah. that off and scream? Uh, probably scary movie. Or maybe scary movie, I don't know. Probably. I think every scary movie has the someone fuck like a ghost or a spirit or some kind of ghoul or something. <laughs> well, because that was big in the early 2000s. Like, if you look at any parody film in the 2000s, like, inevitably, it's there's one, like, way too long sex scene that they threw in there, which is kind of weird because, like, they're never actually sexy. And, like, for the joke to exist, like, you could have shortened it by, like, half. <laughs> yeah, like, like it's awkward enough when a regular sex scene is too long but at least I understand what they're trying to do there but when a parody movie does it it's like eight minutes eh I thought, <laughs> I thought it was eight minutes it is I thought Wedding Crashers was awesome we paid for those teenager. books of Max versus and my god we're gonna use them more or less it does like a lot of it's really like in Wedding Crashers there's scenes of just like women falling onto the bed topless and they don't have any lines it's not even it's just part of a montage and it was great when I was 15 and 16 uh. But looking back on it now, I'm like, I like most of this comedy. But then there's just this really awkward scenes of just oogling women. That we, so they don't need to be there. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thousands for you, dude. They're a, they're a wild time. Differently sexist to 80s comedies, at least. Okay, Stephen, go hit us with your topic. Uh, uh, I'm literally looking around the room looking for inspiration. Can you do yours first? Okay, so I'll go with my topic, Stephen, and I'll give you a couple seconds. Yeah, you just vamp for, for a bit there. So, bleh, the podcast vampire is back. Bleh. Very dismissive of your topic. To call I come to suck at audio <laughs> production. <laughs> Never gets old. Um, so I, I, have, I have a... Unfortunately, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a movie-related topic because uh, that seems to be the theme today. Um, what do you guys think of the current trend of popular TV shows getting a movie that does literally fucking nothing and kind of has the same ending that the show had and you just kind of think like, okay. So here's an example, right? I have two take examples. my love, One... take my land, take me where I cannot stand. Did Firefly come first or Serenity? I don't know. Uh, Firefly. Firefly came first. Firefly, um, okay, yeah. Serenity but that, was that's, just the cop out. That's actually one of the better examples. Yeah, because that changes <laughs> the status quo. Yeah, yeah. I, have two, I have two examples here, right? And one of them's a good movie. Well, enjoyable. Uh, I'll let someone else decide if they want to call it good or not. And one of them is a terrible movie and adds literally nothing to anything at all in any facet. So, um, as I may have mentioned before, I was watching Entourage. Uh-huh. And Entourage ends, and then a few years later, they brought out Entourage the movie, which I watched recently enough as well. Uh, I, I rented it on the whatever fucking store. Um, and it got me thinking about this, right? And so, terrible movie. Not very funny. Um, just kind of a longer episode and does nothing, but I'll come back to that at a different point. And then you have Breaking Bad, which mm. had El Camino. El Camino, I enjoyed, but when it was over, I kind of thought, oh, if this movie didn't exist, that would probably also be fine. Like, I don't, I didn't really get anything out of this. It, you, the, just, you just sort of assume that that was all going to happen anyway. Like That's what I mean. It. Like, El Camino just gives you the ending that you already seen, except slightly longer. Like, it doesn't do anything crazy. It's a good movie. I like Aaron Paul. I think Aaron Paul's a good actor. I enjoyed the movie. I just kind of thought like, oh, this added nothing. Like if this didn't exist, I would be completely fine if I had never seen it. And then Entourage, it's basically the final episode again. And they obviously change a couple things because, you know, they have to, it's, it's, I think a week or a couple weeks or a month after the actual series ends. But the ending of Entourage, the movie is basically the exact same as Entourage, the show. There's almost no real difference. Like in Entourage, the show, one of the characters finally gets like his big break, it looks like. And then the movie starts and they go, oh, he didn't get his big break, it was cancelled. But then the movie gives him his big break! <laughs> it's the exact same fucking ending again, just slightly different. 
And there's a trend with this shit. And I just kind of thought, like, oh, are we going to keep getting these... Like, so Walking Dead's an example, right? Walking Dead's been on the air for too long. Uh, and they're finally ending it next year. But they've already planned three movies with Andrew Lincoln in it. Now, I don't think three movies are going to happen. I think they're going to do one movie. It'll probably do pretty poor, and that's, that's where it's going to end forever. But, I mean, Andrew Lincoln is leading it, is he? Yeah, they, so they took mm. him out of the show, and he's going to be the lead in the movie. I'm sure it'll be okay if you like the show. I don't think it's going to do very well. I'll never watch it. But I also don't think it's going to add anything, or, like, in general, to the show. And, like, I think we're getting a trend of this shit where it's like, okay, we have properties. We don't want to make a new series. Let's make a movie. Which would be okay if the movie was something different or kind of changed it, like we said with Firefly and Serenity. But what we're getting is these movies where it's kind of like, oh, you did a movie to do a movie, and what you basically gave me was the same thing I just seen, except slightly longer. Is is that not because the context for most of those is that the show has been cancelled? So the movie just the, the way the movie justifies itself is spend some more time with your friends. So with Firefly, yes. With um, Entourage, no. Entourage had like wrapped up its entire show after eight years, and then they said yeah. at the end of it, "Hey, we have a movie going." And then a year later, said, "Oh, we probably won't do the movie." And then a year later, said, "Hey, here's the movie." <laughs> and then with Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad obviously very successful, huge run, uh, massive ending to the show, and then kind of randomly, you know, several years later, brought out a movie that, like I said, was good. I enjoyed it, but added nothing. Like just yeah, but but those don't need add anything for the fans. The point is just oh, you you miss Jesse. Here's Jesse again. You know, it's just it's just what? more. It Did the Breaking Bad movie more. have a theatrical release? Uh, I think it did somewhere. I think like it was one of those things where it's like let's put it in cinemas so we can put it up for awards. But I think it was mainly mm. like a Netflix thing. I think it's similar I... to Uncut Gems. You know what I mean? We have something yeah. good in our hands. Let's put it here for the award season and let's put it here for our actual release. I thought everything had to go on general release for an Oscar. That's well. That's why they put it in the cinema for a brief run. Like they, you can't tell them that it's not a theatrical release because it was theatrically released. You know what yeah. I mean? It, and and they are gonna nominate it that way. But I just, I just feel like you know, it's becoming a bit of a trend. Point? Yeah, exactly. I just kind of feel like yeah. if you want to do a movie, that's fine. And if you want to change stuff, like if you're not happy with the ending of the show and you thought, okay, let's change this with the movie. Let's put this in a different direction they weren't expecting, and you know, end this property off in a different way i'd be okay with that even if the end product wasn't great at least you tried mm -hmm. but i just don't understand why we're getting the exact same shit we already got you know what i mean and, and both of my examples literally end uh, so breaking bad the movie el camino starts literally as the show ends mm -hmm. <laughs> that's that that's how the movie starts it's right like seconds after the show ends and Entourage, the movie is basically, it's like a week after the, the fucking show ends. Like, it's just, it's just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, what are we doing here? You know, it's really weird. It's odd. It's yeah, but do strange. you not, Was, do you was not there a Friends I, movie? No. 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 There was, but there are a few of these. There's Psych as well. Obviously, Sex in the City. There's a bunch of them. Um, yeah. Arrest, I think it's supposed to be Arrested Development movie or something. I've never seen Sex in the City. Is that the same example? Is that like the, they just it's just, it's the last episode again? Just I, now it's a movie. I don't know if it's the last episode again as much as it's just here's a very long episode. Okay. Know, more more of the yeah. Same. But I think I guess part of this stuff there is that if you have a movie that significantly changes the plot or the characters or comments on the themes or whatever, then you've essentially changed the arc. You've changed the product, so it's no longer mm. a TV show. It's a TV show plus movie. So does that remove the quality of the TV show as its own little thing? Because, you know, you get to the end of the Breaking Bad arc and then it's like, actually, but no, this isn't, this isn't the complete end. This isn't the full mm. piece of art. Go watch the movie as well. And does that diminish what? then from the TV show as an entity? I, I would say no, I, it doesn't I don't diminish. I don't Go understand. Ahead. Go no, you were going to say. Um, I don't understand how, like, I just can't square this at all myself. Even Serenity versus Firefly, for instance. I don't know how you take a well-upholstered, polished show with a fully fleshed out cast that's taken so much time uh, to get to know each other in the scenes, to get to know the audience, to be developed in the minds of a loyal audience to watch it through. And how do you develop that? How do you just flip that into a product that has to be consumable by um, any uninitiated member of the audience in the space of 90 minutes to, an hour, to two hours. How do you do that while also satisfying people who've seen the show and want to see character development? I don't think you can. I think anything no, you're neither. inevitably going to make in that context is just fan service for ultra fans is going to be boring yeah. to anybody who's watched the show because they've yeah, seen it all already. Yeah. And 
is probably unsatisfying and confusing and cluttered to anybody who is seeing the product for the first time. I, I just don't see how you can like, be of service to the story like that. I, I have a prediction. Mm-hmm. I, I think that in the next year or two, we're going to get an announcement that there's going to be a Game of Thrones movie. Oh, for fuck's sake. I, yeah, yeah. I just, I'm expecting it to happen just based on the fact that if you look at the type of movies that are the type of um, shows that do end up with a movie, I think Game of Thrones is one of those things that they're going to come back to and mm-hmm. go, okay, we'll make a movie here. And it will probably be, like I said, almost identical to what happened in terms of like the characters and the actual like res- yeah. the, the conflict and the resolution. And like Steven said, I do think it's kind of boring. You know, El Camino, like it was, it was enjoyable, but it wasn't anything at all. And oh, Entourage is that what the Breaking Bad, Bad movie was? I'd forgotten that. Yeah. But what? And I, I thought the spin-off show with was it the with Gus or whatever it was. I but found that incredibly Stall. dull. Yeah, that oh, one, I, know. Um, I think Better Call Saul. I never, great. I never seen that. Slow burn. But that is. That I, I, I'm sorry, I don't have time in my life for more slow burns. Like, but that that is. That I don't is need. I don't need another Talking Dead. Like, but yeah, that is essentially. Um, like it's a different thing, so you you don't need mm. to watch that to enjoy Breaking Bad. You only need to watch Breaking Bad to enjoy that. So I think that is a True. slightly yeah. different thing. I have I have a suggestion for the best possible version of a movie that follows on from a TV show. The okay. Jackass films. The Jackass films are <laughs> the TV show, but using the medium of a film and a film budget to do it mm. more so, or to do it. Yeah, they're also able to get away with stuff they would never have been allowed to do on television because yeah. it's a yeah. movie. It's, like the the exact right thing. it's the exact right thing to do in a movie. The that Pucano. traumatizes me, by the way. I think the Pukano is the worst thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. I have <sighs> seen so many terrible online videos, and they are not nearly as offensive as the Pukano. Jesus. I think I saw one of the Jackass movies in the cinema. It, was a rough, it you probably, wasn't much to do in Blanchestown back then. I think Jackass 2 is the one with the Pukano. I think a Jackass I, I think movie a, with like a half-cut audience would be a great experience. Probably like actually. Drunk. Yeah, yeah, it could be, couldn't it? Yeah, I just I just feel like we're on this trend and I feel like it's gonna keep happening and like I just don't get it. I don't understand it. I, I just <laughs> I feel like we're just watching the same shit we just watched already, but you've gotten me excited to watch it again. Like I'm I am your audience. You know what I mean? You're aiming it for people like me who've watched your TV show. And you're telling me like, Oh, here's our big movie, we've put time and effort and all the cast is back together and you know, I watch it and I just kinda think like Man, Entourage the movie really sucked. You know what didn't suck? The Devil Wears Prada, and Adrian Grenier was actually great in that. <laughs> I suppose, like, it's just... Are we in some are we, are we in some doldrums of cinema, or has it been ever thus? Have there always been shit films? Well, I so it's um, Streaming makes it much more possible for these things yeah, to come out. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I guess. And, like, and these, it's not like these properties are brand new, you know what I mean? Like, the, the show Entourage is very old. It's early 2000s to late 2000s. Mm-hmm. And then the movie was early 2010s. And then, yeah. like, you have Breaking Bad, which stretches into the 2010s. And then the movie obviously came out to, like, 2019. Um, I think, I, like I said, I think Game of Thrones is next. Um, you know, Firefly, obviously, a much older show, leads into Serenity, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's a better example. But I, t- I feel like we're just going to keep getting this shit. And I just I don't understand it. I, I just don't. Like, I'm pretty sure that Inbetweeners, the movie, is probably just in between any episode of the Inbetweeners again. But now, instead of 20 minutes long, it's an hour and a half. And I'm probably ha- right on that. I have a question, a rhetorical question, which may not be answerable by either of you. Um, the TV event of the last couple of months, certainly in Ireland and the UK, Line has been Line of Duty. Line of Duty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It remains unclear as to whether there will be a Line of Duty season eight or whatever the fuck they're on. What will a Line of Duty movie look like? I don't watch Line of Duty, so I don't know. Adam? Yeah, I, I've I've seen episode one and I didn't like it. <laughs> I I just I I tried. People were trying to get me into Line of Duty a few years back, and I I tried to do it because and Eva made me sit down and watch it, and we watched episode one, and I mm. turned to her and I was like, "Hey, that felt like it was four hours. I can't. Do this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Like, it's like forty minutes long or something like that for the episode, and it felt like a fucking eternity. And I was like, I can't watch six series of this or whatever. Like, oh, it's so like low rent. It's great. I mean, there's absolutely nothing to it. It's it's tremendous. It's like, it's it's barely a Holby City or The Bill. It's so good. The Bill's coming back. Is The Bill coming back? Yeah, The Bill's coming back. 
Like really? fucking an hour after it got cancelled, they decided, fuck it, Bill's coming I back. I'd actually, I, was, I was vaguely aware that it had been cancelled, but I was barely aware that it, I'd, 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 I'd maybe subconsciously aware. Have you ever seen the first season of The Bill? It's all on no. YouTube. Or possibly oh. Vimeo. Well, what it, I want to do is get the fucking Bill theme song in my head because I was trying to remember it just there and all I could remember was the X-Men <laughs> Oh, well, that, yeah, because all I was remembering was which is, I think, the X-Men from the <laughs> Yeah, that is the X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> the Bill X X-Men. Oh, that'd be fucking great if the Bill comes back and, like, the new season of the Bill, they've all developed superpowers. <laughs> and so they're going around. They're going around the UK, like fucking stopping criminals with their superpowers. That would fucking rule, dude. Constable Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine down fucking up kids at the Jasmine Island Flats. <laughs> Not again. Uh, oh, that'd be awesome. In, in fairness, like I think the whole concept of setting up a fictional suburb of London in which to set your TV series. I mean, that fascinates me completely. What was it called? It was uh, 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 Sun Sun something. Uh, I don't uh, know, but I'm gonna guess like Sunhamberhoven or something fucking ridiculous. No, it was something shorter than that. Uh, but the, the first season of the Bill is really fascinating because it grew out of this one episode fly on the wall TV series, like really in the really rooted in the kitchen sink tradition of BB, BBC TV from the early '80s. It was a one episode TV play in which one of the old boys, who's like, you know could become some of the really senior officers as his first day on the beat it's so interesting to just go back and watch it i would highly recommend everyone go back and watch it because i binged the entire first two or three seasons after watching that and they're all that good they're all really really good i couldn't be bothered with any of the rest of it now for ages but in terms of yeah it's just really quite good are you a big cop show fan it seems like that's your that's your stick i guess i am yeah fuck <laughs> that was in world war ii movies yeah, so, 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 everyone needs a hobby. And samurai. Films. I suppose they're yeah, they're instantly digestible. What's not to like? So if you could have a a fictional UK samurai cop. samurai cop show where they're trying to snuff out like corrupt samurai who I guess are like leaking secrets to the ninjas, that'd <laughs> be like your your that'd be like your show. I mean that sounds like it'd be everybody's show. Let's be real here. <laughs> that, in fairness, well, as I was saying it, I was thinking, like, this sounds fucking great. <laughs> a samurai yeah. looking for corrupt samurai sounds like it could be set in Japan. So it'd be just very funny if it was in the middle of yeah, the Just driving <laughs> down the road in this fucking like, Peugeot 306, Katana out the window. That's all I got in that topic. If anyone has other examples that are listening to this, by the way, feel free to let me know because I'm sure there's a million examples of TV shows that have gotten a movie and the movie is nothing. Um, so feel free to let us know because I'd love to. I'd love to know more of them. Okay, I want to talk about the most. What's the pulpiest stuff? What's the pulpiest book you've read in recent times? Pulpiest. Okay, um, that is interesting because I've mostly only read Terry Pratchett in the last year because Terry Pratchett yeah. isn't really pulpy. No, it's not Sorry. pulpy. But I just—it's the only thing I've read because reading is hard now that I'm exhausted mm. all the time because of the pandemic. So yeah. I'm just reading the easiest, most enjoyable thing I have, mm. which is Terry Pratt. I read recently—well, recently, as in like a year and a bit ago—the original Jaws book. Really? Uh, yeah. I didn't know there was a book. Let me tell you, that is a shit book. <laughs> I was is it so similar <laughs> to? Uh, is it is is it similar in style to like Ian Fleming's James Bond novels, where like. You know, it is he'll, weirdly he'll... unpleasant. Okay, okay. At least Ian Fleming's Bond novels are fairly well written, apart from the like raving misogyny. <laughs> yeah, that that is true. Like in the in in the book, it's, it's well written very... raving misogyny. It's well well written raving misogyny. Try saying that several times fast. Yeah, so like I mean, the main thing is that they your the wife has an affair with your man. The um, what's it called? The mayor uh, Hooper. The ugh. No, no, Brody. Hooper's the Hooper's the 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 dude. Hooper, who, who's the sheriff? He's not the sheriff. The oceanologist. They have an affair for whatever reason. Ah, I see. Uh, and like, and there's a whole like plot about how they're hushing up shark attacks, and it's just like not very interesting. <laughs> um, and I, th and I think like, I, I think like there was some. I remember this. I think there was something about fucking when they were trying to catch the shark and someone found a man like Quinn found like a baby fetus or another baby, mm. a, a, dol a baby dolphin fetus. And was like, yes, 
Sharks love dolphin feet, I and just use that as bait. It was, it was a very fucking weird experience. It was very pulpy. Hmm. So there's, that's my contribution. Don't read the Jaws <laughs> book. Watch the Jaws movie. Huh. I... I don't know. I'm trying to think of what the last book... I haven't read a book in a while. Um, some of the last things I was... No, I've definitely read since then. I'm literally... I'm looking across the room at books to, to try and remember which one ah. I've read last. And I, it's just... I have no fucking clue. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just leap in and save you and say the reason that this springs to mind for me is because when I was sick last week and the week before, I had strep throat. Sickest I've been in my entire working career. I was off for two... Sick for a week and I was like... I was off a full six days, six working days and had two, yeah, something like 17 or 20 days when I was just like miserably sick, feeling like shit constantly because it was antibiotics and whatever else. But uh, what I did during that time was I lashed through a heap of my brother's Horace Heresy books, which are out of the Warhammer universe, which is okay. the most derivative of all things. Fun fact, I, of course, I'm sure that one of the Warhammer writers, Warhammer 40k writers will, will leap in and explain all this or confirm or deny this. I'm pretty sure the entire Warhammer 40k, well, the 40k universe, for those who are not familiar with it, it's the, the setting for the board game, uh, which has a surprisingly rich tapestry of background material um, from uh, an imprint of Games Workshop, which makes the miniatures called the Black Library. Obviously, providing the source material for the games and various other multimedia products, um, spanning tens of thousands of uh, dystopian human history, and it's basically seems to be just a mishmash of uh, a lot of sci-fi concepts that were current in the eighties. Completely derivative of Dune, the entire spacefaring system where they have psychic mutants navigate them through some sort of subspace warp, straight out of Dune, except. I think Dune had fewer mutants. They also der they're but, also derivative of their own IPs. All the chaos yeah. gods they just originally used in the original Warhammer. I'm like, yeah, we like those. Put those in the sci-fi thing as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, all this stuff. They just bring in all the other concepts, derivative of I mean, the original Warhammer was derivative of Tolkien straight out of that. Um, they even did some Tolkien ministry miniatures at one point. So it's all this just gigantic mess of pulp fiction concepts all rolled into one horrible dystopian universe incredibly readable books absolutely <laughs> unputdownable did nothing but except read books from the Horus Heresy series all fucking week it was great <laughs> and I'm sitting here right I haven't managed, managed to finish Brideshead Revisited which is one of the classics of 20th century fiction I haven't managed to finish that Just, that's been sitting on my that's been sitting on my bedside table for Oh, months at this stage as I'm working my way slowly through it whenever I find it again. And I think I read I read three Horus Heresy books in the space of a day. I think I read seven in the space of four or five days. How and big I'm just like, they? that's it. Oh hang on, I'll, I'll get one. The book sized, pretty much. Okay. So it's like st like standard, looking like Yeah, it's not they're not they're not crazy. I yeah. do sort of. I understand what Steve was saying. Though. I I love like super derivative stuff. Like I haven't read them in a while, but I used to love really pulpy fantasy shit. Like you know, okay. The... Yeah, oh, okay. book sized. Yeah. yeah okay. Like cool. Cool. That's fair. Two hundred pages. I'm gonna guess that one's two eighty. Like what I used to love was like fantasy where they talk about like you paperback know... novel size with reasonably large print, <laughs> uh, reasonably large typeface, but quite readable. Um, that one's. 389 pages. Um, I was way off. I, I, this one, this one is, yeah, it's 400 pages, which is about is right that, for. Is that one the know, flight of the Eisenstein? The flight of the Eisenstein. Um, I just saw GHT of and EIN. And I've never read any <laughs> of those fucking nerd books. So just... Yeah, it's a fucking nerd book. Um, I minced through that in about five hours in one sitting. What makes these books so fucking readable? <laughs> I think I think it's just the fact that they've derived all the stuff people like from other stuff. It's like people, yeah, mock, could people be. mock like a pulpy fantasy. I was going to say this. I love these pulpy fantasies where you have like the High Elf Kingdom and the Dwarven Realms and all this kind of shit. And it's it's super derivative, but yeah. it's also super fun. People love that shit. Like that's like 
you don't you, also you don't want to you want to take it as high art but you want to read it you yeah. want like you're inherently well, engaged because also if it's nearly full of cliches and everyone's like an overdrawn yeah. archetype almost that comes across stronger on the page because nuance takes ages to get into whereas if you're just like that's true yeah, yeah. this is skull crusher he crushes skulls you're like ah skull crusher <laughs> i know exactly well, I where just... i stand with skull crusher oh my bad um yeah I, I i think one of the things about it as well though is that uh you know you can't read these books if you're a vegetarian because they go full ham and, uh, <laughs> they don't they don't shy away from that you know they 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 know what they are they don't they don't hide that fact they lean fully into it you know it's they're not gonna they're not gonna stop what they're doing i mean i i, I was constantly i was reading through it and i'm just like reading bits to it and i'm just like why am i reading this shit it's so bad um is it badly written or is it just because no, I think it's like, quite well, it's actually quite well written. Like, I've heard that obviously, like, yeah, obviously it's well written if I'm reading it like this, you know, like <laughs> yeah, several exactly. different authors all writing in the same voice. I assume they're all noms de plume. Um because well, I have ghostwriters for the same couple of people, but Yeah, because they are very well done. I've heard they're they're well done. It's just that Games Workshop gives them a very, very limited fucking we've yeah. already said this is the lore, you have to do this. Like the whole heresy, my understanding, happens ten thousand years before the game that they sell and make their money from is set. So it's just like Uh, here's the backstory. Yeah. Uh, Let me see. You kind of have to do the books that way, though, right? Yeah. Well, because like the with the with the stuff they're selling you is that like every time they come up with something new in that, that's because that's moving Mm. forward in time. Yeah. So if you come up with a book series, it has to be previous because otherwise, what are you going to do? You know, you can't. And sell something that doesn't exist. Though. At that point, what's the point? Well, they, I think they I have superstars bringing out new novels and stuff for the, the the current dramatic arc or the dramatic cycle that they're on that lets them sell slightly bigger. Is this gonna? Is this gonna end up with you um, pushing Buy to it. write one of these books? No, he's just yes, gonna actually, it. I think it. <laughs> I was just considering in the depths of my absolute misery. I'm just like, it would be fun to write one of these books. I bet you have. Okay. I bet delirious off your yeah. heads on antibiotics. I'll find, I'll computer, find this. I'll find this manuscript and just like what have I done? Computer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've you've carved you've carved it into the wall with a spoon or something. <laughs> in the middle of like your panicked sleep, just uh, your entire room wall to wall is this next book. It's written in code. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Are you, do you think you're gonna keep reading them? Yeah. Now that the curse is broken, do you think you're gonna? You think, do you think you're gonna keep reading them? I'm still reading one of them right now. <laughs> <laughs> so it was never the sickness. It's gonna come to a point that by the time we hit Christmas, you're gonna be quoting shit back to David, and not the other way around, because he will, he won't be able to keep up with you. I think I might already have the material to. Well, they're all his books, actually. But um, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Just, I'm just like, what? But why? Why am I so fascinated in exploring this universe that really is just a patchwork of other shit that they've mashed together with a reasonably plausible story arc? And I'm just like, well, that makes perfect sense. That's all consistent with that. And you're just like, this is just shit that people have made up to like whatever is the latest marketing exercise. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you're just like, of course, the... I can consume this, and I'm just like, I'm fascinated by this whole thing. But I mean, and then you're just like, I have no idea how any of these characters are. They just all have names like Malaghurst and Voyan and all these evil. Of course, you destroy. Him. He must of be one of the baddies. Him. I can't keep track, but that's what the that's what the syllables in his name indicate to me. Of course, you destroy the anti gravity tanks with super gravity. That's the only thing that makes sense in this scenario. But I mean, I, I and I'm just like, like, I feel I feel the sense of righteous dig- indignation about the oh my god, he's destroying his space marine comrades with virus bombs. The bastard. Virus bombs. Virus bombs. <laughs> That's a real thing. We're like, we're like, give you a little. Like, shall we read a passage from the with the virus bomb bit? <laughs> okay, but we gotta hurry because we do gotta wrap this up. Fucking virus bombs! Incredible. Commander Grilgor walked carefully among the loaders and his own men, <laughs> showing no fear, directing the arming process personally. He was taking responsibility for it. Vohan realized, doing himself, doing it himself to put his own stamp of perverse pride on the deed. He turned his soft footfalls across the maintenance gantry, caught his attention, Garrow, his face like thunder, arrived with Sendik in tow and Caleb panting at the rear. The battle captain spoke without preamble. Is it true? It is, Foyan pointed. Look there. The sigil on the spheres is unmistakable. It is the Rotbane Lord, a weapon even the Emperor is loath to use. He shook his head. Why has Grilgor done this? What madness has possessed him? Garrow's eyes were hard and flinty. It is not madness, brother. It is treason. No, <laughs> it's a rational situation. 
as he had been since he sent Caleb running. Perhaps if I spoke to Grilgor, I could discern the truth. I could approach him as a lodge brother. He would listen. The captain shook his head. He will not. Mark me. This will end only one way. <laughs> Bye, respond. Uh, anyway, there's like an extensive there's an extensive passage on in this about like them dropping this biological agent and it turning literally every item in the planet to mush, except for a couple of space marines who who managed to hide inside. And some of it is quite affecting. Some of it is very affecting. Those passages about like the space marine dreadnought. Uh, pretend, let me see if I can find it here. It is quite affecting. I thought it was quite affecting. Why are they? Called... Oh, it certainly was affected. What was funny? I found myself affected. They're called Grimgore and Morgallion and all this. And then there's Caleb. Lucius, Temeter, Horus. I mean, he Paul. must be the bad guy. Horus. Who, who he could is have the thought? heretic, apparently. The heresy is all based on him. Yeah, he's the heretic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the other Astartes relayed his orders into the Vox, even as he and Temeter broke from their meager cover. Temeter saw the dreadnought Hurren Fall turning in place. What is Temeter? The venerable warrior's synthetic machine voter was loud and scratchy. Who has done this? No time, old friend. Just get the men inside now. With every pounding step he took, a part of Temeter's mind was reeling with the import of what was taking place. The bombs were falling, and there was only one person who could have sent them. Yeah, you know, it goes on like that. I found it terrible. I found some of the passages terribly affecting. May have been my incredible sickness, but books sometimes make you feel that way even if they're uh, even if they're not brideside revisited which is also very affecting as books go i mean i, I haven't i haven't read any of them but you know i mean glad no, you're enjoying them i, I'm I mean maybe oh, it's just right. the amount of time i've committed to them you can say that is true it's, it's very difficult to explain to people who haven't like committed the same amount of of of, of hours to reading something or mm. to watching something then like your emotional investment and it is much larger than theirs it's like mm -hmm. when i see my my brother or sister watch a marvel movie and they get very affected by it and i'm like it's just just kate <laughs> it's, it's, it's just kate's okay <laughs> and on that note we've got to put our capes on and fly the fuck on out of here because this has been a very long recording session this has been episode 14 of morning brew i'm adam sheridan i'm stephen burke and i'm daniel Crystal. As always, you can follow us on, on Twitter at Media Suplex. You can follow me at SwaggerGills, Stephen at On Burkock, and Dan at Mr. Daniel Purcell. Make sure you like the podcast on iTunes. Make sure you like it on Spotify. Make sure you share it with your friends. Might even give you a prize. We won't give you a prize. But you can always imagine we did. And isn't that nice? Plant. We'll do it. Draw. Plant. Plants. The heretic. The mutant. Yeah. Bye.